you are built to last. You're built to last. We want to welcome every single one of you to the house tonight, uh, whether you've been visiting us for just a few weeks or you've been with us, you know, your whole life or journey with God, or maybe this is even your first time. Welcome to Pearlside Church, and we hope that you will encounter just the goodness and the love of God tonight. Amen. Well, as Vian mentioned, we are beginning a brand new series as a church called Built to Last, and this is going to be a very, very important series, I think, for many of us to, to go through together, myself included. You know, we're living in such unpredictable times. We're living in a time where we see so many tragedies, so many hardships, so many things happening on a global level all the way down to a personal level in our everyday lives. And in the midst of everything going on, there's this little lie in some of us that we feel or that we hear of wanting to give up or give in or just throw in the towel in this journey of faith. And maybe it's just throwing the towel when it comes to life. This is a series where we're going to look at God's word and we're going to see what God's word says about what it looks like and what it is like to just be resilient in our faith, but also know that we are called, we are built by God to last. And not just here temporarily in this world, but we are built and called to last for eternity in heaven with God. And with that in mind, with eternity in mind, that means how we live every single day here on earth. There needs to be a different kind of perspective. There needs to be this different kind of mindset. That we can gain all of the things of this world. We can accumulate a lot of objects. We can attain a lot of notoriety and success and popularity. We can have a lot of nice things and shiny things and new things throughout the 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years that we live here on earth. But at the end of the day, we can't bring any of those things to heaven. The only thing that goes to heaven is our soul. Our bodies don't even go to heaven. Our physical bodies. All of these things, they fade away here on earth. They deteriorate here on earth, but our soul, it lives forever. It was built to last. And as we kind of project into the last couple months of this year, I think with all the busyness that's coming, all of the parties and hangouts and opportunities to just spend time on every little thing possible, I think this comes at an important time for us to remember what's the most important things we have? What is the most important things we can give? What are the most important ways we can bless and give back and love on people around us that are hurting and broken in this time, that are questioning about throwing in the towel? It's not just going to be things that we've accumulated or knowledge that we've learned or things that we have or the popularity that comes with our name. The best thing that we have and the best thing that we can give is this beautiful gift of Jesus Christ and his love. This is what allows us to last this is what allows us to stand firm in our faith. We talked about this last series, Battle Ready. This is what allows us to keep going. I know in a place like this, there's many of us, every day is a battle. But with eternity in mind and the promise of eternity to come through Christ makes life worth living. Amen. We're going to be looking at a passage tonight, a very important one as we've been saying. We say every passage is important because every passage of the Bible is but we're going to be reading specifically out of Matthew 6, 19 to 24. We're going to read it together. We're going to break it down, and we're going to let God be God, and he's going to move in every single one of our hearts and in our lives. I'm going to read Matthew 6, 19 to 24 um, for us. It'll be up on screen. I say this all the time, but when we're reading God's word, lock into the word of God. Let the words come alive. Let it jump off of the screen and off of your notes into your heart. Let it be personal. Let it speak to you. Because tonight, God's word is going to speak to every single one of us in a unique and personal way. Again, this is Jesus teaching his disciples about the importance of having eternity in mind and knowing that the world that they were living in, reaching with the gospel, was going to be temporary. 
Here's what Jesus has to say. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Let's pray. Lord, we invite your spirit. We invite your presence. We invite your goodness and your love into this place. Your word is a constant reminder that you're a gentle, loving God that teaches us the ways of how you live, that we are called to live as well. That's, Lord Jesus, living like you and being like you in a fallen and broken world, maybe not perfect, but trying, that is the heart of freedom. That's what freedom looks like on this side of eternity. So as we open up this series with your word that tells us to not store up things in the temporary, but store up things in heaven which are eternal, God, I pray that we would leave this place with an expectation and a new point of view of how our lives are and how our lives should be lived and how the things of this world as good as they are and as blessings as they may be, really just succumb to the glory of what's to come in eternity. So may our hearts be in the right place. Speak to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. So Matthew 6, 19 to 24, Jesus teaches us the following. We're going to read the three points tonight, and then we'll circle back to point one. One thing we learn is we must treasure what's eternal, not what's temporary. Point number two. How we see ourselves determines how we see the world. And the last point tonight, how we live today greatly affects tomorrow. Looping back to point number one, we must treasure what's eternal. Everyone say eternal, eternal. not what's temporary. Verses 19 to 21 from Matthew 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in steel. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Our world puts such an emphasis, especially in America, especially in the Western countries, on all of the things that we have and all of the things that we attain. A lot of times our worth is tied exactly to how much we have in our bank accounts or the clothes that we have or the degrees that we've achieved, or the people that we know, or the families that we come with, or the cars that we drive, or the places that we visited, or the experiences that we've had. We live in a constant place of comparison to people around us. And we see ourselves either less than, sometimes we see ourselves better than, equal to people around us when God looks at every single one of us and all he sees are his sons and daughters. Why is it that we live in a place where we're in constant comparison with one another, when God looks at us and he doesn't compare, we've been cultured in that kind of way. We've grown up that way. I'm not saying attaining things and having things and achieving things and just being a good citizen and a good student and a good parent and this and that is bad. Those are all great things. But when those are the things that we think define us, that give us worth and purpose, that gives us destiny and meaning, what happens oftentimes is those things, because they are things of this world, will fade and our hope fades with them. Our confidence fades with them. 
Our sense of well-being and purpose fades with them, and then we're just constantly chasing after the next thing that we can achieve or get that would bring us to a new place of whatever it is on earth that we're searching for. Isn't that crazy? And I kind of think about, like, what is one of those things that have really, like, heightened this thing? Because this was, like, happening back then in the Bible, and we know that because it's in the Bible. Jesus had to address what people thought would bring purpose and meaning and the treasures that they had and that they were storing up in this world. Like, he had to adjust them then, his disciples and believers. But there's something over the course of history and time that has amplified and magnified and just heightened and fastened this whole idea to achieve, 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 and do, and do, and do, and be, and be, and be, and just... Make something of your life. And if I was super honest, and I'm speaking for myself too, it's social media. Like just think about social media for a little bit. And I'm not going to harp and rag on social media, but it plays an absolute part in feeling discontent with ourselves and more content with the life that we wish we could live. It does a lot more in our lives of us trying to attain and get more things so we can prove our worth and prove ourselves and makes us more hustled and hurried and anxious to get things when God is saying, like, hold up, can you just be in my love? Because you are so good, and you are so loved, and I have a plan and purpose. Like, just think about what social media has done. And the crazy thing, and I'm just going to talk a little bit about Instagram, is it's, like, surpass time itself. Because over the course of, like, the 15 years that Instagram has been in existence, how many other apps have died? Like, we don't have Vine some of us are on Snapchat, some of us are on other things, but the, for the most part, Instagram has kind of turned itself around where it is still thriving in something very, very powerful to this day. And the reason why is it has found out how to addict us with what we think would give us meaning. Before, Instagram was about our product, right? I'm going to post this picture of my poke bowl or my acai bowl or the beach or myself in a scripture, right? Like we just kind of like get into this place where like when a post, I'm going to see who likes it. I'm going to see who follows me. Maybe I'm going to see who reposts me. Like that was kind of the beginning. Instagram was in our control. What we posted was the product. But again, to remain relevant, these different kinds of apps and social media platforms has to tap into things that keep us going back and going back and going back and going back so much so that they figured out that if they've kind of put in an algorithm of things that we'll scroll through, things that we'll like, things that we'll view and repost, things that we'll follow, things that we'll click on, links that we'll go to, all of a sudden, this whole idea of Instagram being our product and our posts has flipped, where we are now the product of Instagram, of our social media feeds. And again, I'm on Instagram. I just, I'm about to post another centipede that I found at our house in Eva Beach, okay? Like, I'm on it, okay? Still happening, by the way. Help me, okay? Help us, help me, help us, okay? But, like, think about it. This algorithm has shown us what we treasure, how do we know that? Look at your explore feed. Look at the ads that pop up when you're on, like you're viewing your stories. Look at the posts that pop up when you're scrolling through different posts. Just take a look. Because they have found a way with technology to track what we like, what we treasure, what we will give our time to, our nights to, our mornings to, our breaks in between work from, our lunch breaks to. Like just they've figured it out. 
And if I can be super honest, and I'm speaking to myself, if we look at our Explore feeds and the different ads that pop up on our social media platforms, it gives us a little glimpse of the things that we treasure, the things that we store up or we want to attain and get and just have here on earth. And I'm not ragging on social media. Please, this is not the takeaway tonight. But it's something for us to ponder and think about. If you were to open up your social media right now and show your neighbor what's on your Explore feed or the kind of ads that you're having to scroll through, what would it say about you, what your time goes through, what you think is treasured and important? Because if Jesus had to recorrect the disciples 2,000 years ago, how much more us today when everything in the world tells us it's not enough? And if everything in the world tells us it's not enough, then oftentimes we see ourselves as not enough too. I hit my PR, but someone else is going to PR more. I'm going to get my master's degree, but someone's going to post about their doctorate. I'm going to have fireworks at my wedding, but someone else is going to have twice as many fireworks. At what point is, this, is God enough for us? At what point is our relationship with God and the relationships that we should have with people in this world enough for us? Because the last thing that I remember about the gospel and Jesus Christ is he loves his father and he loves people so much. And our lives are supposed to be reflections of that here on earth. So what are algorithms, not of our social media, but our day-to-day, what it should represent is a life that's after God, clicking and scrolling with Jesus, and a life that's just with people the same way that he was. Just, Just think about that. There's no condemnation here. I'm speaking to myself as well. Being built to last means the things of this world shouldn't be the only things that pop up on our feed of life. There has to be more. James 4, 13 to 14. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. I'm going to read that last line again. Verse 14, why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. What this passage is talking about are the people talking about what's to come tomorrow, the places that they're going, the things that they're going to do, the memories that they're going to make. And I think one of the things that robs us the most of today, being present with the people that matter most, doing the things that matter most, loving God and loving people, is this whole obsession about the things that we can do tomorrow and the things that we can achieve later. And we get so infatuated by what's to come and that thing that I'm saving for, that place that I'm going, or the post that I'm going to post when I get to the top of the hike that I'm going to go at so that everyone can know I accomplished a hike, right? Like, We put so much emphasis on the things that we can do and we lose sight of the things that we have today that we should be present for, that we should cherish. And you know what? Those things hearts our families, it's our friends, it's our loved ones, it's our coworkers, it's our classmates, it's people. Loving God and loving people gives us purpose in life. Receiving love and giving love gives us purpose in life. Understanding Jesus and sharing about Jesus to people gives us 
purpose in life. That's just how God works. That's who he is. That is his nature. That is the most fulfilling thing that our souls could ever crave for and receive is this understanding that God would send his son to die on the cross for my sins so that I could have eternal life and through him know that I can have hope here on earth because there's hope to come. And with that in mind, the best thing that I can give is the people around me a chance at hope as well through Jesus. Our family parties. This is a phenomenon that's happened. Like, I grew up when, like, we didn't have cell phones. Beepers were kind of coming out, and, like, the big brick phones were kind of coming in, right? There was this thing that I could do with my family members before, my friends before, and that was this thing called nothing. Or we would be hanging out, having dinner. We would be hanging out at family gatherings or the holidays, and we would all be sitting, doing nothing, staring at each other, making fun of each other. I don't know, like we, and eating, okay? Like that's just what my family would do. But some of my best memories of my childhood came from those moments where we learned and did absolutely nothing together because we had absolutely nothing to do. So when we take photos, and it's in like our flip albums, right? You like, Take the saran wrap off, it's sticky, you put the printed photo on it, and then you share with it with your grandchildren later on in life. Like, you know those things? Like, we actually have memories with those photos. I remember when Auntie dropped the turkey on Uncle, and then, oh, they went fight. Oh, you know, Auntie so-and-so was talking about the kind of, you know, like, I don't know, my moat comes out in those kinds of moments only, okay? Like, we have memories with these photos that we've posted in our albums. But now... The hours leading into that family photo that you post on Instagram, we're just on our phones and devices. We're all separated and segregated. We come together for a photo. We smile. We post. We look back on it, and we look at it like, what did we do on that Christmas? Oh, I was on my phone with my family members all around me. Bigger picture, what about the people hurting at work, on our campuses, in our neighborhoods? How many times, with this whole idea that our life is but a mist, like, that's the language from the Bible. That is knowledge, man. Like, our lives are but a mist. How many times has, have we missed the opportunity to love for someone who feels and knows in that very moment that all they need is someone to notice them? I was going to share this later in the message, but here's a spoiler alert. This whole concept of treasure, the treasure that God wants us to understand because it's the treasure that he sees is simply this. It's people. What do we treasure here on earth? What are the things that fight for our time and attention that have now become addictions? Those are the things that are actually are preventing us from fully being present to love God and love people. Those are the things that if we just tapped into a little bit more and was present for our soul would come alive. We would feel the most happy, the most joyful. We wouldn't feel stressed out during the holidays because we could just simply be with people that we love and people God has called us to share his love with. Amen. Turn to your neighbor, tell them you are built to last. Number two in your notes. How we see ourselves, everyone say ourselves, determines how we see the world. Say world. How we see ourselves determines how we see the world. Verses 22 to 23. This is a really important passage, by the way, because a lot of times we just talk about the first few verses that we looked at and we kind of like don't talk about the next two verses in this passage about treasure, okay? Jesus says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. 
But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? There's this whole verses that we read earlier about the true treasure of the world, things that we should store up in heaven, the people, the value of people and relationships. The only things that we can bring to heaven are people, not things. That's pretty straightforward. And then as we continue on, Jesus then speaks that how we see things actually matters. So if we see full of light, then what we'll be able to see in our world is the truth. If all we see is darkness by our choice, all we will see in the world is darkness. We'll be clouded. We'll have the wrong vision. It won't be how we're supposed to see the world because we don't properly see ourselves. Verses, uh, verse, ma um, verse, Matthew 24, 35. Everyone say Matthew 24 to 35. Check this passage out. Heaven and earth will pass away. Again, this is Jesus speaking. Heaven and earth will pass away but my words will never pass away. When Jesus is speaking to the disciples, he's telling them straight up, like everything, everything here is gonna pass away. Heaven and earth, but my words will not. My words will live forever. And Jesus is speaking about the word and Jesus himself is the living word. And if the living word, a.k.a. Jesus, doesn't pass and cannot pass, the way that we can truly see the world, the way that he sees it, is to understand what the Bible says about how Jesus lived. And when you look at how Jesus lived, he lived full of light. We're not going to be able to talk about every single instance, but all throughout the Bible, there was downcasted, outcasted, broken and hurt people that were let or sent away from society, sent away from the world because they were seen as unworthy and unlovable, not worth your time, not rich enough, not good enough, not holy enough, not clean enough. There were people living in that existence and everyone in that time, even the believers at that time saw them as less than. That is what life looks like when we are living in darkness. And guess what? Those very people thought of themselves the same way. They looked at their life and because of what society said about them, I'm just a leper, I'm just a drunk. I have no purpose. I have no meaning. I am an outcast. Let me just beg for food on the street. Let me just go in the hot sun to get water at the well. Like there was all of these people that lived in darkness because all they knew from the world was their lives were dark. So isn't it cool that when Jesus comes, the very people that Jesus went to first were the ones that society and the world had deemed unlovable and outcasted. That, that is what living a life full of light looks like. That the world could cloud your perception of others or even our perception of us. Think about the things that have been spoken on our life. The circumstances or situa situations, the memories of what people have said or done to us that make us think of ourselves as less than the kind of darkness that has consumed us. That when we look in the mirror, we don't see the light of Christ. We just see a dark cloud of brokenness following us everywhere that we go. Like that is why Jesus came, to change the perspective of how we see ourselves so that we can change the perspective of how we see the world and then save the world one life, one life at a time through his love. And again, this is juxtaposed right after he says what's most important, not the things of the world, not the fame, not the fortune, not the stuff that you can accumulate and the money that you can make, but about the God you can love and the people you can love as well. 
there is an absolute reason why. And this, like, it actually pains me to read and see all the news of people that are celebrities that lose their life because they had it all once and they perhaps realized that even having everything that they could ever want, all the money, the fame, the fortune, the popularity, at the end of it doesn't mean anything. Like, why? Like, it, there, that's why we see so much of it. This past October 28th, right, we can throw up the photo. Matthew Perry. How many of us watched Friends at least once in our lifetime? It's many of us. Matthew Perry. Friends, this TV show, is perhaps one of the most popular culture, worldwide phenomenons that has kind of found this new gear of success even after things have gone on streaming. Like these six actors, including Matthew Perry, in this world will live on probably till the end of this world because they will always be online. They will always be streaming. They will always be on TV. Many of us, like we saw this news on this person that we've had so many memories about growing up and watching those shows and laughing out loud, and he's gone. And I'm glad, yeah, like it, it pains us. It, it upsets us. We post about it. But like, and this is not like an indictment on him, okay, in any way, shape, and form. But he was found dead in a hot tub, overdosed. And that's just like him. Like, you just look at the last few years. Jason David Frank, if you grew up in the 90s, he was a green Power Ranger. Aaron Carter, Whitney Houston. There's all of these, like, men and women that have achieved the greatest success in this world have all of the fame, and none of those things satisfied them enough to continue going on in life. Like, that should give us a picture that the most we can achieve in this world isn't a life full of things, but a life full of purpose. Because when those things fade away and you don't have the TV contracts, you don't have the notoriety, you don't have all of the stuff, what is your life going to mean? He passed away by himself. That is not how God intends any of our lives to look like. And it breaks my heart when I read these kinds of stories about celebrities that had so much fame and so much vibrancy. And then like that, they're gone. And that, you know, the crazy thing, like that's become our norm. It's like, oh, another one. Oh my God, another one. Scrolling through my feed, oh my God, that ad. You know, like, humanity isn't supposed to look like that. And we're just talking about perhaps people with success and notoriety. And I don't know what they were going through, obviously. I don't know them personally. My prayer is that they knew God. And for every celebrity, athlete, musician, artist, TV star, movie star that we know, we also know people in our lives to this very day who are wrestling with the same addictions, the same feelings of suicide, the same feeling of hopelessness because of the darkness that has clouded their sight and the inability to see the light of the world in Christ because they have not heard about or seen about or experienced about the love of Jesus. We have that answer in us. This is what Jesus is telling his disciples. Let the people know. Don't store up things here on this earth. Store the things in heaven. What are the things that come to heaven? People. There's a very real enemy that would want every single one of us to give up on life and end our life alone. Some of us, we wrestle with that. 
That is not God's plan for any of us. That is the schemes and the darkness of the enemy. Jesus wants to bring light. Amen. And I just want to encourage us again. Like, I'm not trying to rain on anyone's parade. I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad for posting things on social media or, like, reposting things regarding celebrities that have passed on. But this is a moment, this series, God's word, our life here on earth, every single day should be a time where we reflect what are the things that are most important. Because if Jesus is the only way for us to see this world properly through his light, then the only thing that should be of importance through us with the things that we have is the ability to share the love of God with people and love on the people that need to know who Jesus is. Jason David Frank passed away in November Matthew Perry, October. Before we move on to our final point, let me just say the holidays are a hard time for many people. Celebrate it with so many music, presents, decor, the spirit of pumpkin spice lattes, you know. I don't know, movies. For everything we do that reminds us about the holidays, there is someone that has nothing to do would fall into the dark pit of despair. We all actually know people, if not personally, we know someone who knows someone that took their life, that the addiction took over. One bad decision, one bad moment, one bad addiction, one bad conversation with themselves changes things. And if God came to save the world and every single person in it, we're supposed to have that same heart. I pray that this holiday season, this series, and really for the rest of our life, we would live with this heart in mind that we would treasure people. And if our people in our life don't know Jesus, that we would treasure them enough to spend time with them until they do. Amen. The series Battle Ready that we came out of is supposed to set us up for a series like this where we say we're going to fight not just for ourselves anymore. We're fighting for people. People matter. They're treasured in God's eyes. And we have the opportunity to share God's love with them. Last point in your notes, how we live today affects tomorrow. I'm going to say it one more time. How we live today greatly affects tomorrow. Verses, uh, verse 24, excuse me. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, we talked about a lot of high concept things in this message so far. We looked at the Word of God, and then we also looked into our personal lives and what the Word of God would mean and how we're supposed to apply His Word to our everyday life. We talked about social media and all of that kind of stuff. We threw up some photos or talked about some celebrities that I hope would give us a perspective of the people around us that are actually hurting the same way they are. And if we want to reach them, we can't just repost about them. We need to actually be present in their life. Amen? But if I could humbly and kindly wrap this story or this series up or this uh, message up with a simple story of a personal way that this speaks to me and perhaps a way that it could speak to every single one of us of how life on earth matters in every moment when God speaks to us to love on somebody could greatly affect not just our tomorrow, but their tomorrow as well. Okay? I'm going to share this story. Bear with me. It's kind of an emotional one. But before we receive communion and just thank God for who he is, I just think we need to hear a story that just speaks. Okay? So this was 2016-2017. Uh, okay? few years ago. I was a lot younger then. 
and I was at Ala Moana with two people that some of you folks may know. Their names are Taylor Mahi and Dayton Hirota, okay? We were hanging out at Ala Moana, and then we walk into this store that just opened up, and this store is called Zara, okay? Some of us shop at Zara today. My pants, ironically, are from Zara, okay? It's pretty good pants. But we went in there kind of scoffing because we had nothing else to do. This, like, store opened up, and we were, like, joking with each other. Like, I distinctly remember none of us wear cardigans. We don't wear ripped jeans. Why would we go to Zara, right? We had nothing else to do, so we went into Zara. And when we went into Zara, we were met by this vibrant person. She was a sales associate. She was working the floor. Her name was April Lay Ramirez at the time, April A. Ramirez, but her name is April A. Ramirez Imano. But we met her. We met her at Zara. She welcomed us in. And again, we went in with this mindset like, we're not going to spend anything. But she was so convincing that that cardigan looked good, and those jeans fit perfectly, and those boots are in, and it's really, really cold, even though it's December in Hawaii. Like, this is like the time to dress up. And we all left with bags worth of clothes. Because she was so convincing. Because she was so passionate that in that moment, beyond the sale she could make, there was people that mattered. She made us feel like we mattered. We left uh, Zara, right, with like, these bags of guilt in our hands. And we're like walking. Like, I don't even have this money. Oh, my mom's going to get so mad. It's her credit card or a joint card. At the time, at least. At the time. Anyway, okay, so we're walking out, and I remember, like, distinctly, we're like, man, she was so cool. She was so awesome. She was so nice. And I was like, we should invite her to church. Like, you ever get, like, that moment where you're just, like, at 24 Fitness working out, or you're at the mall just walking around, or you're at Coffee Bean or Starbucks or, like, your choice of coffee spot, you know? Or you're just, like, at a family party or a friend's thing or whatever it is that you're at. And then you just have such a great interaction. Or perhaps you notice someone who looked like they were a little downtrodden. And you're kind of walking away and you're like, God's like, you should invite them to church. Or you should, like, pray for them. Or you should talk story about who God is with them. You know, that would be good to do. And then, like, we skip out on those moments so many times. But I remember hearing God so distinctly as we're walking away. And I was like, I, I think we need to invite her to church. Like, there's just something about that moment. And we were able to exchange numbers at Zara because she said, if you ever want to buy more clothes, let me know. I'll be here. Schedule a time. Right? So we all, we were in a group text with her, and we asked her, like, hey, April, like, would you ever like to come to our church? We were called Grace Bible Church back then. We were still here at this particular building. And, like, instantly she was like, yes, I'll come to your church. I'd love to hang out. I think we have a photo of April A um, as well. We can post that. Do we have that? I'll continue the story. So she started coming to our church, and she got connected to a small group. And she was attending small group for a season. She received Jesus as Lord and Savior. She was in small group. She was in service. In many ways, she was serving in our different serve teams, like ushering, greeting. Like she was a big part of like just the day-to-day -day flow of Grace Bible Church Pearlside back then. And then COVID hit. And like many people during that time, like she started to kind of like wander in, in her faith and she wasn't around as much as she used to be. She used to be. And I remember thinking to myself like, oh, what a bummer, you know, that she's no longer coming to service or she's no longer around here. But we would see on social media and we would be able to kind of connect here and there on Facebook or Instagram. Sometimes Facebook and Instagram are good. And, you know, we would check in during the different seasons of life that she was going through. And there, there's this one particular weekend, though, where I noticed while on social media, on Facebook, that she was diagnosed with cancer. So this is in the midst of COVID. She's 
one year younger than me at this time. She, I think she was 32 years old, and she was diagnosed with cancer. And I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, man, like, that's really tough. And I remember, like, we were exchanging here and there, like, different text messages, different messages. And we were telling each other that, hey, you know, if there's anything that we can keep one another in prayer for, I'm praying for you. Please continue to pray for me. And we'll be able to stay connected in that way. And then she began all her cancer treatments. She began going through chemotherapy. This was all during COVID. And one of the years, she got married to her husband, Casey. And um, you kind of look at those moments and you're like, man, like, she's fighting. She's fighting for her life. She's fighting for her faith. And she finished her chemotherapy. She finished her treatments. Now she's married. She's been given the okay to head out and do life again. She has her husband. And, like, life continued on. This is about six years now after we invited her to church. And as you can see from this photo, just full of vibrancy. And then I remember seeing like her post again, like back in the hospital, going through another round of treatment. And the cancer had come back and had come back even stronger and more aggressive than before. This was just this past year. Texting each other or DMing each other on Instagram, letting her know, hey, we're praying for you. She knows many of us here. Many of you folks were praying for her. People in our church were praying for her. And then I remember, like, just being on Instagram. And I got this direct message again from April. Because, again, we were keeping each other posted on how she was doing and how we can keep her in prayer. And she reached out and she said, hey, I'd like to get water baptized. But I'm in the hospital and I'm not going to be able to leave. Is there a way that the pastors could come to the hospital and water baptize me there? Because I'd like to rededicate my life to God. Things aren't looking good, okay? Oh, man. So I didn't hear back. This was a Thursday night. I didn't hear back from her. But I was telling her, like, pastors are ready. We're ready to show up at the hospital. You just let us know where, and we'll be there. And that Sunday on social media, I saw on the story, on someone's story, that April had passed away. 34 years old. June 31st, 2023. So that was hard. That was really hard. It was hard thinking that we would be able to water baptize her. And she was so passionate, right, about seeing this new dedication of life and beginning this journey with God again. You know, so we were just talking amongst some of us. And then later on that week, I get a message from our church office and the, our office called, and they said, oh, someone asked if you could do their spouse's celebration of life. And they had mentioned the name. His name was K.C.E. Mino. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can definitely do it. I've never done a celebration of life service before. This would have been one of my first ones. And I said, yes, absolutely. But there was something about the name that just, like, just sounded so familiar, like K.C.E. Mino. And then I had looked on his page on Facebook, and I realized that that was her husband. And she called the office. And when I called the office to get more confirmation, he specifically said that April had asked for me to do her celebration of life services. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Um, you take the time to prep, right? I got to meet her husband. We were at a Starbucks or we were not at Starbucks, we were at a poke shop, poke bowl shop by Starbucks in Nuhuanu. 
And that was probably one of the most heartbreaking but inspiring moments of my life to meet what I would consider my greatest fear, one of my greatest fears, which is to be a widow in life. He's 31 years old, married for just a year, just lost his wife to cancer. And we're having this conversation. And I'm just, he's just like going through all the logistics of things that need to get done. And I'm trying my best to like help like in the planning, but then at the same time, like look for moments to minister and just try to encourage him because my heart was so broken for him, you know? And then he said this line to me. He said, you know, I never thought I'd be a widow this young and all April had wanted was to begin her walk with God again. And I know for a fact this wasn't me, okay? So this was a God moment. I believe he dropped in with a word of wisdom and it just came out of my mouth because I had no idea what I was saying. And I told him, Casey, she is. She has begun her walk with God again. She's in heaven with him. She's okay. And we were both like just trying to eat our Pokeball. You know, we're just trying to get through the Pokeball. And we start crying. Because that was the gospel in a nutshell. That's why we exist. What matters the most is people. And when people are gone, it hurts, Right? When we're on our last days of life, we're not going to ask for the shoes or the car. We're not going to ask for, like, our favorite food that we can post on social media. We're going to ask for our family members, our loved ones, our friends, the people that matter. Because, again, if that's the heart of God, that's why it comes out of us. That when we are facing eternity in our eyes, all that's going to matter is the people that matter most. And the God that has promised eternity for every single one of us one day that we may lose people here. We may not see people again here, but we will again one day in heaven, just like God has intended. And that moment with him, like, it rocked my world that God would use a moment at Zara on a random day in 2016, 2017 to create an opportunity, not our opportunity, not for our glory, but for someone to just have a relationship with him. He was after her, not us. He wanted her home, not us. And that scripture, right? Our life is but a vapor, but a mist. We don't know what tomorrow holds. So we should treasure what matters most today. Her funeral, or sorry, celebration of life. She made everyone wear pink. One, because of cancer awareness. But secondly, that's just her personality. And over 300 people came. And I had to go through, you know, just the different... You know, like, was this, that's not scripts, but just the different things you go through or the uh, itinerary of a celebration of life. And I just kind of had a moment up there as I was sharing the gospel and talking about eternity and, and sharing about her and trying to just give people their hope that they can see her again one day if they had a relationship with Jesus. We even had a salvation prayer right there at the celebration of life. And then it hit me that the reason why she asked me to do her, the celebration of life, this is what God spoke to me. It wasn't just so that I could do it because I go to a church. It's because she wanted her family members and friends that would be there to have the opportunity to know about this God that she loves so much, that they would come to know Jesus so she could see them again too, where she wouldn't be in the kind of situation she was in here. Her body and her life would be fully restored and they would walk in heaven's gates together because it's what relationships that matter most. 
built to last, you guys. Our life on here is so unpredictable. Natural disasters, wars, calamities, car accidents, diagnosis, disease. Just another night. Our life is but a mist. But with the hope of eternity, that mist is worth living for every single day. Amen. I know that's what she would want, is for people to come to know Jesus. And I'm still in contact with her husband to this day, trying to catch time and just be there for one another.